you are about to listen to a broadcast of the Greater Harvest Church in Ellenwood, Georgia. In this episode, Senior Pastor Dr. Ed Montgomery ministers a word entitled, The Power of Let Us. Stay tuned. Let's do it again. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Our God is worthy of all of our praises. I thank God for each and every one of you that are here in the building now today. And before we go before the Lord in the word, we're just going to pray, amen, that the Lord will consecrate his word, that he'll honor it, and that he'll also not just honor it, but that he will allow it to change lives. Because I believe the life, the word is a life-changing experience. When you hear the word, and it really truly takes root, in your heart, it is a life-changing experience. So, Father, I pray right now, God, and ask that you bless this word, Lord, that it may go forth and reach whoever it is intended to reach, whoever you have called it for on this day, at this time. Lord, somebody is here for such a time as this. They need to hear your word. Regardless of what may be going on in their lives, Lord, let them be attentive to your word on today. Let it be effectual, Lord. Let it take root in their hearts and produce results that are fit for the kingdom of God. I thank you right now, God, for it. Empower me, Lord, that I may also yield unto your Holy Spirit. And I yield, Lord, I confess right now, Father, that I yield to you and allow you to speak through me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. I thank God for the word on this morning. I praise him for each and every one that is is tuned in. I praise him for everyone that is in the building. Amen. And for those that are here and that are listening from afar, I give God glory for you because it's a it's indeed a privilege to be able to be here. You know, it's it's a blessing to be able to hear the word of God. Amen. Amen. So I thank God for it. Our scripture on this morning is going to be taken from the book of Psalm, the 95th chapter, and I will be reading from the first down through I believe down through the um, the sixth, I'm sorry, the seventh verse. Yeah, the, down through the seventh verse. I thank God for it. And the Lord see fit that we should go further down to the eighth and we'll trail down to the eighth as well. But this message on this morning is a message that is, is brief, but nonetheless, it's a very strong message. It's a, it's a call, it's a clarion call to those who really are wondering what God is doing in this day and age. Because you see, the word of God, it's a force. I've learned that over time, that it is indeed a force. Not only is it filled with faith, which is a force, filled with prayer, which is a force, but it's filled with God's spirit, which is indeed a very, very powerful force. The spirit of God speaks to us, and even though he is leading David to write this psalm. And David was obedient to God. David, he, he listened to God and he was obedient to him. And he began to say in this praise and this worship psalm of the 95th chapter, he says, Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. 
The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. If I were to take as a subject to, to title this message, I would say the power of let. The power of let, L-E-T, the power of let. And not only is it there a power in let, but it gets its action when it says let us. So not only is there a power of let, but there's a power of let us. And I today this morning, I'm going to teach a little bit because I believe that it's important that we understand how God does business. Yeah, how God does things, how he accomplishes things. Because if we know how God does business, then we in turn can do business the same way. Amen. Amen. One of the things they talk about, I, I learned a long time ago that one of the things about a scientific process is that it's repeatable. You really don't know whether or not it's true science unless you can repeat it. If it's unique and you can document it or observe it in some empirical kind of way, but that it's repeatable. In other words, it can be done again and again and again. You can repeat the process. And that's one of the, the benefits of something that is, that, that is measured scientifically. God's word is above even the scientific aspect of it because what we learn is for mankind, we can repeat some of the things that God has already put in place. Amen. Amen? Amen. He says, let, 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 let. That one short three-letter word is so powerful. Let. If we go all the way back to the beginning of the book of the Bible, and we talk about in Genesis, in the very first chapter, God, he began to speak. And his word, it, it commanded such force and such power that all he had to do was say let. Amen. Now, let means I give authority to. All right. I give authority. Let. I give authority. I'm reminded because it says, in the beginning when the Lord, he began to shape and form the dust of the earth. And when he began to do that, in the third verse, he said, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Yeah. Let. let, simply because him saying, let, let there be light. In other words, the call to action came as a result of his words. Yeah. Come on now, somebody, you got to follow this, because you see, the call to action came as a result of his words. His words are what caused things to happen. His words, simply his words. He already had the thought. Yes, come Hallelujah, on Jesus. Come on. He already had the thought in his mind. But when he said let, yes. that's when things started taking, taking place. He says, let there be, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And, the, and God called the light day and the darkness he called night. Yes. And the evening and the morning, were the first day. So you see, just from that one word, let, a lot of things happened. The day came and the day was pronounced. The night was pronounced. And the evening and the morning, they were pronounced. All of this from the word, let there be, let there be. And God said in the sixth verse, let there be a firmament. Firmament, in other words, an expanse, something substantial, something material, something that you can touch. If something is firm, that means it's solid. Yes. So he said, let there be a solidification in the firmament 
that it divides the waters which are under the firmament from the waters which were in above the firmament. He says, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. In other words, let things solidify. Let. Yeah. That one word, let. Again, the command of that one word. It puts things into action. Man. It causes us to move from a state of complacency. A state of not being able to move to where it puts things into action. He says, and he made that firmament. And not only did he make the firmament, the eighth verse says, and God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. They followed suit. And the ninth verse says, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. See, you're not going to be able to read this again the same ever again in your life after this message. Because let is going to stand out for you. You're going to be searching for that word let. What does it really mean? What is it saying here? And what is it saying there? When I read the word let, that means something is about to happen. Amen. Something is being called into existence when I say let. Wow. If I know that something is being called into existence then, when I say the word let, then that means if God can use the word let and things happen, then I can use the word let and things will happen. All right. All oh, right. Jesus. Oh, see, I'm emulating something here now. Yeah. I'm saying that we have a, a process that can occur here. We have a repeatable process. If I say let, let, and, and, and see, the thing is, I start to get a, a, a bit of congruency. I started to get some, some, some companionship. I start to get somebody who is in agreement with, agreement with me when I say let us. Jesus, meaning we are on one accord. Let us. If I say, let us go outside and, and, and enjoy the sunshine and everybody gets up and walks outside, that means we are all in agreement. Yes. If I say, let us sit down and listen to the word, that means and everybody sits down, that means we are all into agreement. Amen. So the word let then becomes powerful. Let is the call for the action. But when I say, let us, Yes. Now that I have confirmed that there's more agreement than just me. There's more that's an agreement. See, and this is something that we have to learn, saints. If we want things from God, and we want things to be done in the order that God wants them to be done, or in accordance with his will, then we will begin to use the words that God uses. Amen. We'll begin to say, let us, Lord. And not only that, but see, the thing that is so, so, so uh unique about God is God already has the thoughts of what he wants to happen yes. before he speaks the words. Amen. He already knows what he wants to accomplish before he releases the command for it to happen. Yes. I'll say that again because that went over someone's head. God already knows the things that he wants to happen uh -huh. before he released the command for it to happen. Because when he says let that's when the command is released. That's when it's processed. That's when things start to take place. Look at this for a second and bear with me here. He says that in the, the ninth verse, and God says, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. In other words, it happened. Mm. Now, how many times have you said you're going to do this or you're going to do that? But it didn't happen didn't happen. It didn't materialize. Uh -huh. 
You, you said, I'm, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And, and you put the I in there instead of the let in there. But you put the I in there, and you said, I'm going to do this, and it didn't materialize. It did not happen. And you wonder, after the fact, why it didn't happen. I'm here to tell you that we've got a secret formula today that will allow us to accomplish things in accordance with God's will. And that formula is let us. The power of let. The power of let. Bounce back with me now over back into the book of Psalm, the 95th chapter, and the first verse. And now when we see this, it will take on a whole different perspective as you're reading these words. It says, oh, come, let us. Meaning there's more than one. There's more than one in agreement. Let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Above them all. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Let us, let us, let us do this. Let us be in agreement with this. Don't let this stop us from doing the will of God, but let us, let us, let us. See, the, the, the formula that I'm talking about today is let us. Before you begin to, to contemplate doing anything, before you think about doing anything, go before the Lord, get it in your mind, and say, Lord, how should I release this thing? How should I release this into the earth? Should I say, I? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do such and such. I'm going to do this and that. Or should I say, Lord, let us do this. Let us accomplish such and such. Let us do your will. Let us perform this. Let us. If it be your will, God, let us do yes. this. Yes. You see, the power that is in let means I give consent. Yes. Come mm, on Jesus, I give consent. When God spoke that word, let there be, he's saying, I give consent that there be. I give consent. If I told you uh, somebody is, is, is getting ready to walk across the room and I say, Go ahead and let them walk across the room. Meaning that I'm saying I give consent for them to walk across the room. Uh, if I said I, 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 somebody decides that they want to do something on your behalf, and I said let them do it for you, uh -huh. then I'm saying give consent for them to do it for you. Give consent. Let us. You see, the power that is in let on today is that that one simple formula causes us to have to humble ourselves first before God in order to determine, Lord, is this your will? We have to stop and think about what it is we're about to do. All right. I like to call this a Selah moment. Uh -huh. Yeah, a Selah moment, because what that means, a Selah means stop and think about it. Yes. Selah, it's a, it's a musical notation that is written on a score of paper that says, if you're playing a succession of notes, if you're playing some chords, and you're making music, when you get to the point where you see the C-line signitation or an annotation, that means stop and think about what was just said. Stop and think about what was just played. Stop 
and contemplate. Think about it. So yes, let means before we utter that word, we have to have a Selah moment. All right, Hallelujah, man. Jesus. All right, yeah, we got to stop before we open our mouths. People will tell you, sometimes I, I speak before I think. In other words, I, I'm just, it's off the top of my head. I, I have emotions mixed in it, and I might say something that I didn't really mean because I spoke before I thought about it. Yeah, yeah but, but, but see, when you, are, uh, you, you have the power of let governing your speech, then you'll say, hmm, should I say this or should I say that? How should I say it so that I can make sure that it's effective when it's released? Because I need to make sure that my words have power. Yes, yeah, they do. They have power. I can hurt someone with my words or I can help somebody with my words. Yes. So I've got to be able to ask God, what is it you want me to say? And I'll say, Lord, how should I let this be known? How should I let this be proclaimed? How should I let this come out into the earth or into the atmosphere? What words should I use? Let us. Yeah, let us. Let us. I'm here to tell you today, saints, when we say, let us serve God, let us come into his house with thanksgiving. Let us, meaning we're giving consent. Yeah, we're giving consent to come into his house. How? With thanksgiving. With praise. Thanksgiving and praise. That means I thought ahead of time before I even got there that I'm ready to serve God. See, you got to have that kind of a mind, even when you come into the house of the Lord. You've got to be able to say, before I even enter the door, I'm prepared to serve him. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm prepared to serve him. Let us go in. Let us. Yes. Jesus. So many instances of this word comes to my mind. I think about the, the, the time when Sodom and Gomorrah, two cities that are very much like how society is today in, in a lot of cities, Atlanta, San Francisco, places that are dealing with the spirit of homosexuality. And I think about that, and I said, what did God do, and what did God say when he was time to utter into the, to, to the earth his judgment concerning those two cities? And what happened is he, he contemplated, he, he, he allowed his angels to observe what was going on, and they reported it back to him. Lord, this is what's happening, and that's what's happening. And as he thought about it and he saw the condition that man was in based on this spirit uh -huh. that was ruling in their lives. Uh -huh. And see, I've got to be very clear to you. Not careful, but clear. Uh -huh. Because that spirit was ruling their lives. Yes. That spirit had taken over their flesh, yes. taken over their emotions, taken over their thoughts where the very thoughts that they had were simply immorality. And God had told them what was right, what was wrong. He told them what was an abomination and what was not an abomination. Uh -huh. So it's not like they didn't know, but they chose to yield to the spirit of homosexuality, a spirit uh -huh. of sodomy. They, they chose to yield to that. Uh -huh. And it got to the point where the Lord came and he said, let us go down. Jesus, let us go down to see if that which has been declared unto us is what is happening. In other words, let's go and see for ourselves whether or not this is real or not. Whether or not somebody's fabricated it. Is it a lie? Is it somebody trying to manipulate something? Or is it true? Let us go down. He had thought about it. 
He had contemplated it. And when he gave the command, let us, meaning something is about to happen. God is getting ready to pass judgment. He says, let us go down and see whether or not these things be as they said they are. Uh -huh. He came down. He allowed his angels to come down. He came down in the mist. He saw the condition of Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, since I've seen it, now I'm going to declare. He says, I'm going to declare that the city shall be destroyed. He passed judgment. Yeah, he made his judgment. He convicted Sodom and he convicted Gomorrah. Those two cities, he convicted them because of the sin that they were allowing and because of the spirits that they welcomed into their flesh. Now see, this is such, such a significance because... If, if God did not spare Sodom and Gomorrah, what do you think about Atlanta? What do you think about San Francisco? What do you think about New York and a lot of these other places that have such a high prevalence of that spirit still manipulating and influencing people today? Uh -huh. I heard the, the, the preacher Amanda say before in the prayer, she says, when we see people acting a certain way, don't get so upset with the people. That's right. You get more upset with the spirit that is influencing that person. Yes. You condemn the spirit that is influencing that person. Yes. It's not the person, that's right. but it's the spirit that's influencing that person. Because if that spirit was no longer influencing that person, that person would be doing what was right. Yes. They would be doing the right thing. They would be doing what is in righteousness, what is in right standing with God. So you see, you've got to decide, when somebody who decides that they're going to allow a spirit, especially an evil spirit, that person is allowing it. They're saying, let us do this. Let us do that. They're allowing that spirit to manipulate and control their physical body. Mm. When he commanded and said he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he says, let us go down. Let us go down. In other words, I'm giving consent for, to, 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 to do some surveillance here. I need to decide whether or not these things are altogether true or not. Uh -huh. When he saw it, he says, then, then the Lord shall rain down fire with brimstone on that city to destroy it. To destroy it. Uh -huh. So the power in let means that there's something significant that's about to happen. You've got to learn how to control your let. All right, now. Jesus. Yes, you do. You've got to learn how to control your let. And more importantly, how to control your let us. Yes. Because when you start controlling your let us, you recognize that it's not just you that's involved in the process. There's more than something you that's involved in the process. There's someone else that's going to be affected by let us. All right. Oh, Jesus. I hope you're getting it out today. There's someone that's going to be involved in the process other than you when you say let us. Right. And what it does, the secret here is it causes you to really think carefully before you release those words. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded that there, there, there was a family that, that uh, the children did real well in school. They, they, they got good grades. And the dad said, you know, we should be like the, the people on TV, we should take you all to, to Disney World because you've done so good. You've gotten good grades. And they said, ooh, can we go to Disney World, Dad? 
can we go to Disney World, Mom? And Mom says, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to see whether or not your mom and dad can get the money to do that because that's an expensive vacation. And, and dad says, no, you know what? We, we, yeah, let, let us take them to Disney World. Oh, Jesus. Something was released when he said that. Amen. The children then hooked on to that. They said, he said, let us go to Disney World. Let us, let us, let, let, let us go to Disney World. And they locked onto that thing, and every single day, they would remind the dad, when are we going to Disney World? You said we were going, right? You said we were going. You and mom are going to take us. And the dad knew that he did not have enough money saved up at that time. But because he released something into the atmosphere, he released a command. He said, let us take them to Disney World. And the children now had an expectation that that let us would come to pass. Yeah. Let us, let us. So they kept saying, when are we going? When are we going? And they kept asking and kept asking. The, the dad did not only continue to work his regular job, but he had to get a part-time job All right. in order to fulfill the command, let us take them to Disney World. See, it costs you something when you release those words, let us. Let us is powerful. Let us means something has to happen. You've got to be able to stand behind those words. Yes. Let us. Let us. Yes. I'm here to tell somebody today, you need to, to recognize that we're saying, let us serve God. Amen. Let us serve God. Why? It, it's not an emotional thing. No, no. You Sometimes you feel like it and sometimes you don't. But if you say, let us serve God, let us give God the glory, let us rejoice, let us bring unto him all of the praise, let us thank, thank give him the thanksgiving. When you say that, that means you've got to back it up. Amen. Whether you feel like it or not, you've got to back it up. That's right. Sometimes you don't feel like getting out of bed, but that let us says, oh, we're going. All right. We're going. Amen. Because we said we want to be there. Let us yes. go to church today. Let us. Yeah, when you make that proclamation, that means something has got to yield. Something has got to occur. Let us. He says that in, 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 in his speaking, he told the, the disciples when he was speaking to them and teaching them. And they said, Lord, you know, one of the things that, that we want to do is learn how to pray. We want to know how you pray so effectively. The things that you say, they come to pass. And see, the thing that with, with Jesus, he began to speak to God in such a unique way it, it, that it was evident that he had a relationship with God. He would speak things that other people wouldn't speak. He would say things that other people wouldn't say. Even the scribes, the Pharisees, and the, 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 the um, priests that were in the temple, they would not say certain things because they felt it was blasphemy against God. They felt that they were usurping an authority that was not theirs. They felt that they were speaking things that they were not entitled to speak. But Jesus knew who he was. And he says, there are things that I can command unto the Lord. He says, do you think you can take my life? He says, let me tell you, I can call God. Let us uh, dispatch a, a, a legion of angels. And they would come down and defend me. If that's what I wanted to do. See, when you understand the power of let and the power of let us, you stop and you think about things you're going to say before you speak them. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Jesus. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. yes. 
you don't just go blurting things out of your mouth. You stop and you think about what you're going to say before you speak them. You speak before you speak them because what it does is it causes you then to say, what are the consequences of my words? What are the consequences of my words? And I said, this was going to be a lesson for somebody because when somebody has been running off at the mouth, saying things and not being able to back it up. And when you can't back up the things that you speak, you lose credibility. Not only with God, but you lose credibility with men. That's right. I'm back with those children. If the father would have said, let us take them to Disney World, and if he was not able to do it, those kids would say, dad is just talking. He's speaking words, but his words don't really mean anything because sometimes he'll say, let us do something. And, and it just falls to the ground. We don't even get to do it. But when you have contemplated and thought about what you've committed to say when you say, let us do this or let us do that, then you recognize that you've got to back it up. You've got to back it up. I don't care what it takes for you to back it up, but you've got to back it up. Now, who's our prime example for this? Well, our prime example for this goes back to Genesis, the first chapter in the 26th verse. Genesis, the first chapter and the 26th verse says, and God said, let us make man in our image, our image, after the light and our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all, somebody shout all, all, all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. He said, let us. When he released those words, the next verse says, and God made, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Yes, he did, and God blessed them because his word was out. Amen. How many of you today can say my word is out? Amen. Yeah, I said I was going to do such and such, and I said let us. But now when you say let us, you've got to make sure that God is mixed into that thing, not just you. It can't just be, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You've got to be able to ask God, Lord, is, are, you in, are you with me? Are you with me with this? Yeah, that's right. You, that's how you can pray. Before you speak the word, let us. You, God won't even give you the ability to say let us if you haven't even prayed first. Amen. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. But when you pray to God and you've asked him and he's released you, you can say, let us do this. Let us do that. Lord, let us do this. Let us do that because you're seeking authority. You're saying, give the authority, give access to, give the command that we can accomplish this. So and when, he, when the Lord spoke those words, let us make man, that was not significant. That wasn't something that he thought of off the top of his head at the spur of the moment. No, that was something he had been thinking about for a while and realizing, God realizing, the moment we release it, those words let us then things have got to go into place. Things have got to happen. What things have to happen? Well, yes, the good part. Yeah, yeah man comes. He, he, we can make him. We form him of the dust of the earth because we said, let us make him. And because the word said, let us make him, it was released. It says, I allow. I'm going to allow this to start happening. I'm going to allow man to come onto the face of the earth. What were the consequences, though? The consequences were that man came on the face of the earth, and before you knew it, man began to sin. He disobeyed God. That's 
right. Jesus. That's and right. no doubt the Lord, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ said, wow, I said let us make it, but I didn't realize at the time that he was going to, going to disobey me, but he did realize. That's right. But he says, because he, he's going to disobey me, I've got to have a, a, an escape plan. I've got to have a ram in the bush. I've got to have a sacrifice for me. And not only do I have to have a sacrifice, but that sacrifice has to be slain even before I birth him into our, not birth him, but make him into the earth, create him and form him of the dust of the earth. Even before I put him in the earth, I've got to have a plan to save him. That's right. And not only is that, do I have to have a plan, but that plan has to be a sacrifice and it's got to cost me something. Yes. God is not going to do anything that doesn't cost him something. He says, it's got to cost me something. And beyond that, he says, God let Jesus know that this thing, your let us, is going to cost you your life. Amen. Jesus, hallelujah. Your let us. Because that same man that you said, let us make man, when he finally disobeys us and we have to execute a plan to redeem him back to us, it's going to cost you a blood, your blood on a Calvary cross. It's going to cost you your life, your physical life. It's going to cost you. That's what let us does for some people. They don't realize the consequences before they speak the words. Uh -huh. But no matter what you have to do, let us has got to be fulfilled. Yes, it does. It has to be fulfilled. As I said, that man that took the children to Disney World, when he said, let us take them to Disney World, he had to work a second job just to get the money to be able to take those children to Disney World. But he had to do it because his word was out. Your word doesn't mean anything if you cannot fulfill it. Your word don't mean a thing if you cannot back it up. Or when you can back up your words by saying, let us, and then perform it. God, our prime example, did that for us, saints. He said, let us make man. And in his own image, in the image of Jesus Christ, in the image of God's son, we were made. Yes, we were. Adam was formed in the image of our Lord, in the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And because he was formed as his own image, he not only bled and died on a cross to save him, but he did exactly that. He says, if I be lifted up, I'm going to draw all men unto me. Yes. yes, because he drew it because he knew that he spoke those words. Let us, yes. let us make man. And when he made him, he, he was now responsible for man. Oh, Jesus, I love this word. When he made mankind, he became responsible for mankind. When he said, let us, he, made, he, he became responsible for mankind. Man. When that dad says, let us take them to Disney World, he became responsible for getting those children to Disney World and back. Man. He became responsible. Let us. Such a powerful formula for us to think of how to speak, how to communicate with God. Before we open our mouths, when we say let us, God knows we're proclaiming something. We're releasing something. Amen. We're releasing it into the atmosphere. We're releasing it so that something can happen. Amen. And I submit to you today, saints, before you speak a word in prayer yes. that begins, let, let this be, let that be, let us do this, let us do that. You better know how you want to back that thing up. And you've got to be able to back it up with the word of God. With the word of God. If you can't back it up with the word of God, you are best to keep your mouth shut. 
than to pronounce, let us do this or let us do that. But God says, let. He wants us to understand the power of let. The power of let us. The power of not only you having it in your mind and committed to doing whatever it is you said you're going to do, but also having it in your mind to get whatever resources you need to get it done, to get the job done. If you don't have the resources to get the job done, then you better keep your mouth shut. But I'm here to tell you when God spoke in the very beginning and says, let us make man, he knew he had all the resources that he needed to get the job done. He know the father was there to give the design. He know that the son was there to give life. He also knew that the Holy Spirit was there to be able to move on the face of this earth and bring things together to shape things, to mold things. He knew he was in agreement. That's why he said, let us. It wasn't let me, let, let, I'm going to make man, I'm going to do this. No, Jesus didn't say that when he was in the, the, the presence of his father. He didn't say, I, 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 I. No, he says, let us, 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 us. Yeah. And he, as he spoke, let us, let us came to pass. Let us manifest itself through the word of God. Amen. God had to speak some things into existence in order for let us to have its power. In order for let us to manifest what it said was going to manifest. God had to speak some things into existence. Jesus I'm so thankful and grateful for that word on today because if you understand this message and you really and truly are seeking God for something, then I suggest that you contemplate in your mind, Lord, how should I proclaim this thing? How should I form it? How should I prepare it? How should I say, Lord, before I open my mouth and say, let us do this, how should I understand what has to happen? Before that is proclaimed, before I speak the words, let or let us. On today, there's someone that needs to understand this message. Because you, as I said, you've been doing a lot of talking. But nothing has been happening. And if you want to see things change, contemplate, Lord, before I say another word, I'm going to ask you, what is your will? What's in your will for my life? What is in your will for us? What is in your will? What is in your way for me to go? What should I do next, Lord? I'm praying before you. So prayer is a vital part of it. Prayer is a major component of this message. Because as you pray before the Lord, the Lord will reveal to you what you should say. That's right. And as he reveals to you what you should say, then he allows the spirit to give you that spiritual boldness that you need to be able to proclaim the word of God, knowing that you can back it up. Amen. Knowing that God, the Lord's word is standing behind you and you can back it up. Then you can open your mouth and say, let us do this. Let us do that. Let us come here. Let us go there. Let us. Let us. Let us. And when you be, begin to frame it that way, he says, let us will become a significant part of your prayer life. It'll become a significant part of your speech. It'll become a significant part of your communication with God and with others. Let us. People will realize, well, if they said that, then that's, about, that's exactly what they're going to do. Because they don't speak things lightly. They look and they take the word let us very seriously. So when they say let us, believe me, let us becomes a major part of their lives. On today, I ask you, 
that you'll pray and ask God, help me to understand how to release the power of let. How to release the power of let. And as you do, God, I know that you will empower me. You'll give me your word. And you'll give me the strength and the force of your spirit to accomplish what I say. Stand to your feet with me. We're going to pray because I believe that it takes prayer in order to accomplish the will of God. It does. It takes prayer to accomplish the will of God. If you're not praying, then it's not, it's not a surprise why God's will is not manifesting in your life. But if you're praying and you're saying, Lord, I'm yielding myself to you. You let us do this. You let me, God, let us do this. And I'm doing it with you, God, not aside from you. But I'm saying, let us do this, Lord, and let us do that, Lord, because I'm with you. And I know you're standing with me. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, let us speak words, God, that are pleasing in your sight. Let us develop relationships, Father, that are pleasing in your sight. Let us do the work, God, that you find righteous and upright before you. Let us do these things, God. We have contemplated in our heart. We've thought about it in our heart. Even before speaking this word on today, Lord. I thank you for allowing us, Lord, to hear your word. Let us not only hear it, Lord, but also let us do it, God. Let us put your word into action so that we will receive the results that the things that you've commanded through us, that they will manifest themselves. I praise you right now, God, for those that are hearing these words. Lord, in the name of Jesus, let them learn how to pray. This is our prayer before you today, Lord. Let us, Lord, let us be pleasing in your sight. Yes, God. Let us, Lord, fulfill your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless. You have just listened to another episode of the Greater Harvest Podcast. We hope that you have had an ear for what the word has to say to you. And we pray that your life will be changed for the better as a result of that. Please join us here again very soon and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for even more from the harvest. See you soon. Be blessed.